0: This is Open to Hope Radio featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria.
1: Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Hi, Heidi, there in New York City.
2: Hi, Mom in California.
1: How are you? <laughs> good. Things are uh, going well, and uh, I'm excited to be doing another show today. And I um, always like doing shows on spouse loss and, and how people have gotten through, and uh, we got a good story today.
2: We really do, and I'm excited to, to talk about it. And, and I, like you said, spouse loss is so important, and we're trying to get more shows on spouse loss because people out there are requesting them. And our guest today is Kyle Shelton, and he knows a lot about spouse loss. Kyle was born in Alabama and has lived in the northeast or central Alabama most of his life. He graduated from Ohachi High School in 1987, and he began a journalism career in 94 as a sports stringer for the Anderson Star and a reporter for the Birmingham Times. And today, he is a ninth grade teacher, and most importantly, he... Lost his spouse, so he's going to talk about that and how he not only survived but thrived and found hope again. So, welcome to the show, Kyle.
3: Hi, how are you?
1: Hey, hey, Kyle. Good it's Great having you on the show today.
2: Well, oh, great to be on.
1: Yeah. Now, tell us about Kathy. You were married for 14 years, and you said she was the love of your life. And you had uh, what? A couple of stepkids?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, two stepdaughters. Um, Jillian and Whitney.
1: Uh huh.
3: And Jillian also had two boys, so we also had um, grandsons that lived in the house with us.
1: Wow, you had a wow! House and thought. I'm,
2: I'm going to tell you, Kyle. I read something you wrote, and you're, you can tell us more about it. But you described the night that your wife died, and I, it brought me right there because it was so well written and it was so disturbing because it was so unexpected and so sudden. So can you tell us a little bit about that night?
3: Yeah, it, it was very unexpected. Um, we had just gotten home, and from she was an a English teacher, and she'd also taught theater, and she had just had um, rehearsals for a Christmas play that, that her kids were going to do the next day. And we had just gotten home, and we... I don't know everything was pretty normal and we went to bed and I got up a little while later to go to the restroom and I don't know I, I walked by her side of the bed and something just wasn't right so I kind of touched her and then she didn't respond or anything so I checked her pulse and realized that she still had, she had a pulse but it was kind of kind of a crazy pulse so um I called my daughter Jillian because she has medical training and, and told mm-hmm. her what was going on, and then called 911 and started CPR. And, um, it, I just wasn't able to, or, I mean, I just, I couldn't, she didn't start breathing again. And wow. so, um, unfortunately, um, Austin, um, my grandson was here, well, both the boys were here, and um, Jillian came as fast as she could, but uh, the boys kind of had to witness the, the EMS people coming in and getting getting Kathy off the bed and, you know, working, trying to get her to breathe. Wow. And it was very surreal because, um, I don't know, I, I never... I have health problems, so I kind of expected it to always. We talked about it then in, in, in terms of May dying
2: mm-hmm. before she did. And how old, how old was Kathy at the time? 48. 48, and I remember that night because you guys were so happy. She was so excited because there was going to be a play the next day with her eighth graders, and you would help design some of the set, and she was excited to see the opening, and you guys went to bed and said, I love you, and, and everything was so positive it's right,
3: unimaginable. Right.
1: Then, our hearts go out to
2: you to have
3: this happen. Oh, thank you. And, um, uh, it was just it was
1: crazy. You know, we were reading it from the Open to Hope site because you wrote on the site. Uh, you, um, <coughs> Kyle's one of our authors, that so you can go to Open to Hope and Hope and read about this. And I love people put their responses on there. They were great responses, Kyle.
3: Yeah, they really were. And when, when you have a spouse die... I mean, I, when you lose anybody, it's horrible, but you don't expect, at least when you're as young as we were, to, to lose a spouse.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so it's very difficult to find somebody who understands that kind of, that that unique loss.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it, I get, it's not like losing a child. I, I get that that's a unique loss as well, and, and any loss is unique to the person who experiences it, but... It's hard to explain the emotions and the things that come after and, and that kind of thing to somebody who doesn't understand.
1: Michelle Neff Hernandez has a site called uh, Soaring Spirits, and she does uh, conferences, and, and it, it is with young widows and widowers. But you know, mainly it's the women who come because um, the guys, what do they do? They they I don't know what they do. How do they support each other?
3: You know, I, I could not find any local support that that had a widower. Um, I did end up going to a local grief support group that's um, that's uh, run by a local hospice organization. But there were no uh-huh. widowers there. There were lots of widows. And there were lots of parents who had lost their children, but there were no widowers and so I kept going because it was a good experience, a good outlet. They did understand about loss in general. Um, the women understood about losing some, uh, their significant other, their husband, their wife, their partner. But I don't know. It was really hard. Um, actually, you know, what happened was, was I ended up leaning on uh, a friend, and <laughs> wow. now we're married. Um, wow. Wow, that's amazing.
2: So I, I guess I was wondering how you get from feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to survive, I don't know if I want to survive, to finding hope again and reinvesting in a new, a new relationship. I mean, I know you talk a lot in here about your about how angry you are, which I think is normal. You were at God, at, at you were even angry at Kathy for abandoning you, which I totally understand because I was very angry at my brother when he died for abandoning me, even though... It was irrational because they don't want to die, and I and I love this that you said I was angry at myself for being so pathetic. (laughs) I did too. I love that, don't you, Mom? Yeah,
1: I do. It's awesome.
3: Well, sometimes we
1: do feel
2: like
3: that. Well, because Kathy had always, you know, I'd already, I did, I did lots of things for her because I loved her and because. I don't know, I was sometimes I was strong when I didn't think I could be strong when she was alive for very, through various things that we went through. And then for me to just kind of, I don't know, I hated uh-huh. just crying at the drop of a hat. And, mm-hmm. I ha- and I hated feeling helpless. And I hated, I just always had this feeling that I wanted to just crawl out of my skin because I wanted to see her so bad and talk to her so bad. And you just can't and there's no outlet. So, so if for there's it.
2: some if there's some widows out there, or widowers I mean, that are stuck in that place now, right now. They're in that place right now. What advice would you give them?
3: Um I I read a lot and I went to grief support even when I didn't want to really go to grief support um, because a lot of men think that it's a sign of weakness. A lot of men Mm -hmm. think that nobody, you know, it's nobody else's business. And I kind of thought that it was nobody else's business, and I didn't want to talk about anything. But I went, and I kept going just to get out of the house. And I read all kinds of books about, I don't know, everything from loss of a spouse. Mm
4: -hmm. But, you know,
3: I really didn't find any great books, at Mm -hmm. least where I live. Um, There might be some. So those weren't helpful, but I read a lot of C.S. Lewis
1: Mm-hmm. Problem with pain, right? <laughs>
3: right, right, exactly. And I read, actually, oddly, the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I don't really know why. I just, <laughs> I, I saw mm-hmm. that and, and picked it up and read large portions of that. I went back and reread parts of the Bible because I, I, not only was I angry with God, I was pretty sure he wasn't even there.
1: Mm-hmm. How about, What parts of the Bible did you read? Do you like Ecclesiastics?
3: Um, that, I did read Ecclesiastes, and I did read, um, Psalms and Proverbs and Mm -hmm. Lamentations, obviously, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: was like my, my companion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it it took me a really long time and talking to lots of people, um, about spirituality and about God and about Jesus before I was able to make it back. But I read and I just, I kept going to grief support, even when I didn't feel like it. And eventually, through that and through talking to Michelle, who's my wife now, um, I don't know, I came through it. And
2: I, I love what you're saying. I-, I love what you're saying, Kyle, Mom, don't you? Because you're saying... I went to grief support, even when I didn't, even though I didn't feel like it.
1: Yeah, I did. Just to I, get out of the house, great. I still went. Yep, I think that's great. Well, I wanted to know you had to support your um, uh, Kathy's kids too in a lot of ways, didn't you? And grandkids,
3: right? And luckily, um, Jillian is—you know, she's already she's—you know—old enough; she's an adult, and mm-hmm. so. It was kind of odd. She, we both kind of did our own thing. We lived in the same house, but usually when I came home, I went to my room. Mm-hmm. And she did her own thing. She dealt with it in her own way. And it was difficult to talk about it because I don't think we were in the same place, really. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult to talk to my other stepdaughter about it because she was in a, different place Mm -hmm. so communication wasn't easy now the easiest people to talk to were my grandsons because they were younger and they just wanted to talk about how they missed their grandma Mm
4: -hmm. so
3: we talked a lot about that and even austin who was in sixth grade at the time um he every now and then he want to talk about it Mm -hmm. so it was i didn't feel like anybody could depend on me Mm -hmm. because i wasn't doing a great job of taking care of myself much less taking care and that but that didn't mean i didn't make the effort because i did in whatever way i could but it was a the first year was like a blur Mm
4: -hmm. it went
3: by so quickly that it seemed like no time had gone by at all and like a lot of time had gone by at the same time and I guess I learned coping skills because when I was 23, my mom and my dad died a month apart. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And so from there, I mean, I made it through that. And then a year after they died, uh, my wife at the time left me. So I had a bad couple of years. And I just, I guess I just kind of learned to power through.
1: Mm -hmm. And that
3: hope is always on the other side. You just don't know where the other side is.
1: Ah, uh, that is such a great point, isn't it, Heidi?
3: It is. I like that.
1: Yeah. Well, tell us about today. You remarried.
3: Um, yeah. Um, Michelle and I got remarried a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got married a year and a half ago. And um,
1: she had Was has that three a hard daughters. decision?
3: There was, you know, that whole relationship... Or being in a relationship with another person is, is very difficult, um, because after 14 years, you just kind of have, you're kind of setting your expectations, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't go through your life thinking that somebody is going to be the person that you lost because that's never going to happen. Whether that's a good thing, you know, whether the, the good qualities or the bad qualities or the in-between qualities, uh, there's not another person alive like the person you lost. And okay. so it's been a challenge. I had to deal with guilt issues. Um, I had to deal with family issues, like because everybody wasn't ready for me to get remarried. Um, the boys weren't ready for me to get remarried. I think in a lot of ways my daughters weren't. In fact, one, we don't speak, unfortunately, to this day because I got remarried. But
2: well, well, the thing about it is, Kyle, when you get remarried, it's really bringing home the fact that Kathy is never coming back. And although we know that on one level, it's hard to wrap our arms completely around that idea.
3: Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, there are still days... When I wake up, in the, and this, I don't know if this is bad or not, but there are still days when I wake up in the morning and, and I feel like I'm back at that time and mm. that nothing has changed. I don't know if it's because I dreamed something or what, what the deal is, but I, I wake up and I think it takes me a minute to adjust to, to mm-hmm. this isn't how things used to be
1: hmm and, and when you say it's not bad or not, you know, I, I just think we have to go with what is and notice. I love the fact that you notice, don't you, Heidi? Did he notice what, what's happening?
2: Yes. And I also, I also want to say for everybody that's listening out there, our hearts are very big. And we have the capacity to love many people. And Kathy is gone, and you still love her, and you always will have a continuing bond with her. And now your heart has expanded, and you love Michelle also. And I love that because I know that Kathy wants the best for you and that she's up there saying, you know what? I want you to have the best life that you can, and I'm not here to share it with you, and you're sharing it with Michelle. I think that's a beautiful thing.
3: Right. Well, I like to think that that once we die, because and I'm a religious person, I don't know if all the listeners are, but I like to think that we transcend those, that green-eyed monster thing when we when we go to heaven or wherever we go mm-hmm. I like to, I like to think that we transcend our humanness and operate on a higher level and we see a bigger picture than than we do when we're alive.
1: Mm-hmm. and that big so, pi- picture of love
3: right right exactly yeah
1: I agree well Kyle thank you so much for being on the show today um, I I really think it's important because you speak so from the heart. And I know there are men out there that are, you know, really identifying with you. And I hope you'll write some more pieces for Open to Hope, you know. Oh, absolutely. Just have to be a page or whatever. But your voice is an important voice, don't you think, Heidi?
2: Absolutely. I love how honest and real Kyle is because, like you said, Mom, he speaks for so many guys out there about what it's like to have a loss and what what you go through. And men and women often do grieve differently. So thank you, Kyle.
3: Oh, thank you.
1: Have a great day today and take care of those ninth graders. Yeah, you too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Heidi, great show with Kyle. I just, uh, I'm I'm humbled to be with him. He's such a a sweet person.
2: He is, he really is. I wish him the best in life.
1: Yeah, and he's had so many things, you know, that have happened. And as he said, transcending and muscle I love muscling through or whatever.
2: Well, well, it is interesting, Mom, because he's had so many losses and he's realized, like he said, that there is hope again. You're just not sure how far away it is.
1: Right, exactly. I thought that was a wonderful point. Well, thanks to everybody for listening today and to Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi. And listen again next week. And God bless.